Hi there, and welcome to another episode of TPI Talks Crew Call. Once again, we are joined by Jacob from Liverpool. Hello. And on today's show, we have Duncan and Andrew. And I don't actually know where you're calling in from, guys. So would you like to introduce yourselves to the viewers at home? Start with you, Andrew. Uh, hi, Andrew Thornton here, production manager with Shaw Mendes, and I am calling from Bath. Uh, yes, and hi, I'm, uh, <laughs> um, I'm Duncan, uh, like in uh, stage manager of Shaw Mendes, calling from Brighton. So now both me and Jacob have met you on the road a couple of times, actually, uh, with the Shaw Mendes crew. But before we kind of go into that kind of side of things, how have you been in lockdown for the last four months? Well, Duncan's hair colour's changed. <laughs> <laughs> Drastically. Drastically. Yeah. Just here. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been all right, mate. Got a puppy at the end of uh, February. That's going to be pretty busy. Um, that's about it, really. Uh, yeah. 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 Otherwise, all good, you know. <laughs> I think that is the general response to that question from anyone. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think great. that's the general sentiment. Yeah. I mean, hmm. uh, yeah, same for me as a... You know, as we were saying earlier, it has been nice to be at home all this time. It's been unusual for the yeah. people in my house to have me at home for so long, and it's been, you know, good in in those ways. Of course, like it's been amazing to spend all this time with my my family. But yeah, we're all sort of just where where are we going? How are we getting out of this? What where are we mm. going next? Is everyone going to survive the other side? You know, what is the new normal, or when do we get back to the old normal? Mm-hmm. so yeah confusing and worrying time you know uh, i've been lucky to have some work to do which i could do from home and uh, you know and some of these some small little live stream shows and so on so i have had some things to do but yeah it's been mm. a strange time for sure totally totally what's it's... the name of the puppy oh the puppy yeah that's yeah. right here we go that's what the p stands for in tpi <laughs> i knew it um uh peanut peanut's the name of the pup where is I mean, usually on a Zoom call, she turns into some sort of possessed devil dog yapping everywhere. Actually, she's quite calm at the moment. That's good. And asleep. This is great. We should, yeah. <laughs> she's a wowser, in case you're wondering. A half Westie, half miniature schnauzer. That's a wowser. Because that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she referred to her as a puppy. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, she's great. But no, yes, yeah, so she's all right. She's been... <laughs> I've never had any children, so the puppy is the the, the closest thing. So it's a bit like, oh, we yeah, need feeding again. Dear. Easier, actually, apparently. Well, so I've heard, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I do want to kind of get into some of the things you're talking about there, uh, Andrew, in terms of like kind of the streaming shows. But yeah, let's go to Shawn Mendes for a second. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to get both your kind of history of how do you enter this tour? Because um, had you worked with each other before, before this kind of massive project came around? Because you've been with him for how long now, Andrew? Like four, four yeah, years? Yeah, so I, I started with Sean. I met him and, and we as a company sort of started sort of, uh, pitching the concept of 24-7 New Way to him and to uh, working with him at the end of 2015. So it's been, been a while. And then we did um, our first show with him beginning of 2016, which was uh, initially we were just working on TV promo with him. So the right. People's Choice Awards performance with him in January 2016, which is our first sort of thing. And then we started talking about touring with him. And at that point, he'd only really been out on the road on his own. Um, just him, acoustic guitar, a sound guy, um, and a tour manager. Uh, so um yes yeah, so we started to he had some dates coming up so yeah so that's when we started working with him 
and then um you know went from doing a, a couple of smaller shows and then a radio city musical special with him and then into a european tour that year and it, it started to grow very quickly from what was originally pitched to us as a sort of two bus and a trailer kind of tour of europe but ended up adding some trucks and shows getting upgraded that kind of trajectory where you go from thinking it's clubs and if a venue can be upgraded it is and it, so 2016 was a really crazy year with him of going from who's Shawn Mendes to you know suddenly have an artist who was selling out venues way bigger than were booked and yeah so it was a pretty exciting year and that all sort of led through to his first proper tour in 2017 which is when um, Duncan joined the team um but uh but me and duncan we've worked together for a long time now duncan when was your first your first so duncan's first gig with me was doing backline on the sugar babes right yeah and if you know what we did do some yeah that was our first gig pushing with 24 but there was a couple of gigs we did at the water rats do you remember like years ago with Paul, with Paul. yeah man yeah paul Steele. Paul Steele. Yeah. Paul Steele. I mean, that must have been like 2007, back yeah, when I was... Right. So, so I our, our was... connection is through yeah. a friend of ours, um, Julian Dean, who was right. guitar player in the band Top Loader. I don't know if everyone remembers Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So which, that was my first band. Like, I was tw- 21 or something, 20, when I started working for them. That was my first gig, driving the van, tour managing, doing sound. That was my sort of into the industry was that band that I saw out there sort of whole touring career for five years until they broke up. So that, that was my introduction to the touring world and, um, and, uh, stay good friends with Julian. And anyway, you met, how did you know Julian from oh, him? Right? Yeah. So yeah, from, so I went to the uh, Brighton Institute of Modern Music, yeah, uh, about years ago when I was spent a couple of years of playing guitar and, um, <laughs> realized I should be a lot better at guitar obviously uh, but not due to their teaching probably just more due to me but then I then I started um then I did um I, so I met him there he was one of the teachers there for a brief period and then he kind of encouraged me to do this um uh Julian this was encouraged me to do this uh it was like the tour management and sound engineering course that they just started so I was like if yeah all right that sounds that sounds great um which we did and then and then uh I Julian was also doing some music management for a couple of bands at the time. Uh, the Excerpts and Paul Steele, these guys, and uh, and then yeah, just started well going on tour for, with with bands of his, being a guitar tech and general whatever tech for Paul Steele and tour managing for the Excerpts and stuff like. That. And then yeah, that's how we met. And then mm. oh, and then I you know I can't, I can't fully remember the the con that must have been put on you, Andrew, to employ me for the Sugar Babes, of course, but. Um, I think I just, it was just desperation, Duncan, <laughs> available was, which, was well, you know, started, I, was, I imagine. Which is, you know, I was available. Well, I cancelled my weekend of work, obviously. As well, obviously, but yeah. But yeah, so that, that was our first thing together. And then we did lots of, <laughs> lots of touring together with, with you in a backline position. So we, uh, oh, yeah. Jesse J and The Wanted for a good long time. Yeah. Yeah. Ella, Ella Henderson. Ella Henderson. Did a, did a bit of that. I didn't do, didn't do a huge bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was then, um, yeah, we'd been talking during 2016, you'd been doing some some bigger stage management work and mm. we're looking to do more of that. And um, yeah, so anyway, in, in 2017, we needed someone else to join the team and I knew Duncan would fit in well with um, with all the people we had on that gig so far. And Sean, 
is very keen on employing people that he's going to get on with and he's right. um, he, he uh, quite unusually likes to know all the crew even even last year he could he would know everybody in the entire crew he's a, he's a pretty friendly chap yeah um, it's such a heartening thing seeing when we're doing sorry i don't mean to spit you're only doing like a load in and he kind of just appears it's like hi mate <laughs> <laughs> uh, and <laughs> and he's um, and you know like just greeting basically everyone it's like yeah Wow, he's, he's pretty good. So he likes an early start yeah. of the day. So often, you know, it's not unusual to see Sean wandering during the markup. Oh his wow, bus. okay. So I knew I knew Duncan would fit in anyway uh, with everyone that was that was coming that was coming to join us that year and that was coming back from the year before. Great opportunity for well, for both of us to mm. to work on what was an expanding production um, at that point. You know, for me that year was probably as big as any production I'd worked on really up to that point, and and only getting bigger. So. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, so Duncan joined us then, and we did that full world tour in 2017, um, which was very successful. 2018, you, um, I made a terrible clerical error by allowing Duncan to go and work on another job. In <laughs> uh, after thinking we were having a quiet year in the Shaw Mendes camp, that turned out to be not the case. So yeah. we uh, we bimbled through 2018 uh, without Duncan, and then obviously Duncan we joined last year for the. Um, even bigger and better, Sean Mendes World Tour. And it's, yeah. and we can obviously talk now, Andrew, of course, because it's the exactly. first time we've spoken <laughs> since December when it finished. <laughs> it's been really awkward if you guys hadn't spoken in like months and months. Like, they're coming together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's the potted history of me and Duncan. Yeah. So at one point now, because you are like a global sort of firm now, 24-7 as, as like a brand. What other artists are on the books which are Canadian, transatlantic? US space. Sean's our only Canadian artist, I should say. Um, but I'd say you know, we have so we have um, we have a small office in LA run by another Andrew, Andrew Dobbins. Um, and out of that office, I'd say we do more uh, TV and promo style work. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have a lot of clients there who we might not do their touring, but we do all their TV appearances. Um, award shows and all that kind of stuff um and we are working with quite a lot of new clients there all the time to try and take on touring work there as well and then the uk still is still slightly the opposite that we still do a lot of um of tv promotions here but we tend our, our clients in the uk tend to be full service clients where we do touring and and promotions and so on in terms of back on sean mendes again um yeah. is I suppose this will be the first time both of you have been a part of a camp or with an artist where he's just kind of had that rocket ship success from sort of not zero to hero, but I suppose you just didn't expect it to take off to such like the levels it has done. So what was that experience like for both of you? Well, yeah, well, it's but certainly um, I think so. Duncan joined it when um, when he was somewhere in between zero and hero. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was still, he was hero-ish in 2017, I would say. Heroic. But certainly when I joined it, you know, obviously I I remember, yeah, John, my my boss at Trevor Seven was like, oh, we've got this thing with Shawn Mendes. And I was like, who who Shawn Mendes? But, um, you know, and and so he was an unknown at that point. Mm. Um, But yeah, it was an incredibly speedy rise to success in 2016, certainly. And um, one of those diary, you know, the diary never stayed still, nothing stayed confirmed, everything was changing. There was new opportunities every week. Just when you thought you had a week off, there'd be, it was, it was at that point as a career where you, management say yes to everything, rightly right. so, and you just find mm. yourself 
uh, traveling around like a madman trying to keep up with it all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then in 2017, that's when it sort of felt fairly established. It was still a new artist. It was still, you know, it, it was arenas, but, um, you know, and they were sold out, but it it was a smaller production and an easier show. Um, but yeah, from then mm-hmm. it's just sort of carried on it in an upward scale and you can't really seem to do anything yeah. wrong, which has been amazing to be a part of it's occasionally you know a, a bit of a whirlwind makes you feel a bit dizzy but it's um it's been really yeah. really exciting and and i think for both of us it's just been nice to constantly working on something that's you know in an upward tradition totally and you know just you know going on to that for myself it's kind of really good because i've joined a lot of camps um as as like oh we need someone and then I've joined in and you know it's when things have been established and it's great and it's, so it's really been nice to be part of the I'm gonna say part of the rise that might have sounded but yeah part of the the um yeah we've done a couple of projects that when you've joined it's been the other side of the peak yeah, yeah. Right. and it's not been down to me I'm not saying uh, no one know. said it was your fault <laughs> it's not, the, the curve didn't flatten because of me but <laughs> I will take some blame. <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I suppose lockdown has brought like kind of you've got more time now. I suppose for periods of reflection. But do you ever kind of look back and go, "Oh my god, I can't believe that happened," and how fast you sort of came along, or do you just just roll with the punches kind of thing? Oh god, I definitely think that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I do remember me and you. Sort of just sort of the night before loading last year, and just because the you know, the amount of kit and the amount of trucks had really jumped from from twenty seventeen. Yeah, uh, both of us that sort of night before. I think it was my birthday, right? The night before the loading. It, it, yeah, it, it was. was. It? Yeah, night it, before, <laughs> it was. And we were in the pub in um, in Redditch, right? Where at Flyby Night. Uh, <laughs> always where I spend my birthdays, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, both of us were just sort of looking at our loading plan and looking at all the kit arriving, looking at the schedule for the day. And I do remember thinking, is this is this going to be all right? Are we going to be okay? <laughs> you know, and it had been a turbulent time up until then. Um, mm. You know, we knew we weren't getting the entire show at once when it sh- when we should have done, and 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 a few design changes have led to some late arrivals and 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 various other things. So it was a it was a turbulent time, and I definitely remember thinking, "This is this is a huge venture." And and several times during last year, but lo- the 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 Toronto Stadium show at the end of mm. the North American run, and that was the end of ninety six days of touring in North yeah. America into um, a stadium show where, where we ex- had to expand that production to fit that space, and it was being filmed. So there was a huge camera crew involved in that. So um, working with them at the same time. So that was, and then. Just to compound that, the loadout was our split of gear to go. Yeah, it, it was quite a loadout actually. So, and that it, was yeah, so it was. This lot of gear is going back to suppliers. This lot of gear is getting sea freighted back to the UK to go back to suppliers. Yeah. This set of gear is getting air freighted to Asia. This set yeah. of gear is going back for local storage in Toronto. It was just the ultimate split of gear one split of that gear we really couldn't get wrong because the next time we would see it was the day before a show in um uh, in asia somewhere yeah in uh, um, seoul 
career was it Sam Curry? Yeah. So yeah. So Oof, after, yeah. This, after doing that show, we then had that. Load. So th those times were particularly sort of mad last year. And and uh, yeah, I, I so yeah, I left Duncan finishing a stadium loadout while I took mm. the air freight gear to the airport and then uh, oversaw the palletization. Great word though, isn't it? Palletization. Palletization, yeah. yeah. Huge <laughs> word. Huge I, I believe that's a real word. <laughs> and of course, depalletization <laughs> the other end. <laughs> that, that's so, so it was definitely moments last year where I definitely, I think me and Doug looked at each other and we were like, this is, this is quite an upgrade from the water rats 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, there's, there's, yeah, the, the pinch yourself moments and you're a bit like, yeah, what is this? What are we doing this? <laughs> you know, and not to be sort of like, um, you know, disparaging about it, but it's more like, wow, yeah, all right. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. And, we did, and, it, and it, yeah, I will say, uh, not to blow our trumpets, but, we, but it all happened. Every, every show <laughs> happened. I don't, I totally. We didn't lose uh, any serious amount of equipment at any point anywhere. No? Certainly the right. result of all. And um, no, all the shows were very successful. Uh, you know, we got through it in one piece uh, with our sanity. So yeah, it, it was yeah. A, it was a big year for both of us, really. Um, mm. the biggest thing. No, definitely. Done. And mm. um, but really exciting. We had a really great team, and um, we had a really great boss who um, you know it was a real pleasure yeah. to work for. And 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 we always said that sort of his, you know, being such a sort of genuine, real person who. Um, was just as happy hanging out with his bandmates as any of the crew, and uh, that really filtered down to everyone. So we, we did have a good time. Was it? it was hard work, but, but yeah, it was a good year. Absolutely. But the, to bring it to a bit more up to date now, you're kind of working yeah. at that kind of level, that kind of level of production, that many trucks, and then obviously you get that call saying that everything basically is grounding to a halt. Could you just talk through where were you both in terms of working? Who were you working with at that time? So we, you... um, I neither us on tour actually. Oh, okay. That's right, were we? No, you were. Yeah, I was, was sort of planning to kick back into touring at the end of March. That's right, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, after sort of finishing up the tour, Sean tour finished at the end of December. Uh -huh. January, there was a bit of work in sort of, you know, stuff still moving around the world and, and getting back to um, mm. uh, and sorting out gear through January a bit, you know, and then taking some downtime. But we were both yeah. uh, working with a, a larger team on a Pussycat Dolls tour, which was going out in March. I was more in a sort of, Pussycat uh, Dolls is, is uh, uh, John, my boss's uh, client. Uh, I was just supporting him on a more sort of technical production point of view. Okay. Um, and, uh, but Duncan was going out as uh, stage manager on that. So we were all sort of talking about that tour and working on that and uh, looking at the designers that were shifting around and, and yeah, so we were sort of into that, and I I, I was going to be doing production rehearsals into the first couple of shows, and Duncan was going out on that tour. It didn't get it got it took a while for that to actually officially get cancelled, as I remember. Yes, we went yeah. In the lockdown before it was. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not happening. <laughs> yeah, it totally was. It was like there was, I think, yeah, the, yeah, the lockdown happened. It was like, wow. So <laughs> going out on tour in a week, so it's just going to get that, you know. I think we we forget now. There was that time when it was only going to be three weeks. Yeah, nobody really remembers. That. Yeah, good point. Yeah, we're just, we're just locking down for three weeks to save the NHS, and then we'll be moving on. 
There was that three sort of like, oh, okay, weeks. three weeks. Oh, all right, well, three weeks, and then we're just, well, we're just getting on. Okay, great. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, and here we are. So that's sort of where we're at during lockdown. So, yeah, neither of us are actually sort of out on the road. We haven't got any of those kind of stories of, like, you know, I was about to load in and... Yeah, yeah. And in terms Absolutely. of a project you've been working in sort of during lockdown, I saw a couple of, like, sort of domestic sets from James Bain, things like that. Could you kind of walk us through some of those projects you're working on? Yeah, so we've... Um, so really that first week of lockdown, we had like all of our team from the US and from here uh, and, a, and a couple of other um, freelancers from the sort of design and creative side. We all sort of jumped on a, on, a, on a big Zoom call to sort of discuss what might be possible, what to do, or just sort of discussing ideas about how we could maybe think about doing some shows during this time. And when that's a constant now, uh, we, so we sort of put various decks together and ideas about how we do that and pitch those to various people. But we've, uh, I guess we've only really done some of the sort of real simpler versions of those ideas. Uh, right. And uh, and really what, uh, it came out of um, US office, my colleague Andrew Jobbins there, him and one of our regular uh, broadcast mixers and, and town tech guys, they came up with this idea that we could send one of our playback systems that we have which are like we've got all these playback rigs that we own which are basically a, a 2u rack that fits inside a pelican with a laptop whatever so we sort of recommissioned a couple of these to be home recording setups okay. so the idea was you'd send this out to someone's house an artist's house in a format that they could set up themselves um with a, a little ring light to place their iphone in um potentially stand for a second camera angle iPhone kind of thing or use the webcam on the device and then someone would then remote control into that laptop to operate um, Pro Tools or Logic um, with a little UAD interface and a couple of microphones to do the actual audio record and then sort of walk the artist through capturing the image via an iPhone and, um, and then getting those files back to us so the video could be edited and the audio could be mixed. So, so yeah, the guys in America sort of came up with this as an idea. So we put together a rack here uh, that we could send out. And yeah, James Bay was our first trial for that. Um, so we've done, we've done three records from James's home now, which have been really fun actually. So, uh, and, and James is great. We, we basically get him on zoom hmm. and then talk him through plugging everything else in, getting the camera angle set up and then, um, record the session. So we did a couple of those where it was just uh, a couple of us and him uh, with no sort of live element. And then we did one with the Today Show in America where they there was a Zoom call with the two presenters interviewing him. He then performed a song and then we delivered a mixed version and some other camera angles to them afterwards. So we've done a few things like that. And then we've done uh, some smaller live stream shows. So we, uh, I don't know if you know the venue Amira, in oh, yeah. Bridge. It's, I, I wasn't aware of it actually until recently it was a really great little little club most importantly incredible internet as well really <laughs> amazing uploads <laughs> and uh, so we've done it we've done um so yeah we did a uh a, a live stream event there with james bay uh in support of small venues which was a bit more this was our first thing with a bit more production mm -hmm. um tim routledge came in and did that with us i'm sure you guys know tim well yeah. Um, so we put a small amount of, of lighting in there for that and uh, a simple little audio setup. Um, and then we did uh, a little pre-record with Ella Air there for Sunday brunch in the same venue. And then we did another live stream event with Liam Payne in that venue, which was him and a band 
and that was live streaming out to a platform called Veeps, which I wasn't aware of either, but that's a ticketed platform where you can host a concert, put it on sale, people buy tickets. Um, they've got a really great tech support team who help you set that up. Um, they just host it. They don't provide the back end for it, but it was really simple just using OBS, which mm. I learned how to use fairly quickly. I think um, we've all learned how to use yeah. it in the last couple of months. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, so much video stuff I've learned how to use. Turns out it's not that complicated. What are they on about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the, all the fuss is about. Yeah. HDMI. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah, no, so scar. I've, um, just, um, yeah, I'll see some scar in there as well. But uh, no, I've, so, no, we've learned how to, I've learned how to use OBS and stream to, to, to a couple of different platforms. We've got a 24-7 YouTube account now that so I've tested out and works. So that all works quite well. Mm-hmm. We've done a few little things via Zoom like this. So we did one with Celeste, which was, um, which was done out of... So John, my boss, owns a pub in Wilsden Green. So they even out the restaurant there and uh, we did um, a little Celeste live stream show her uh, uh, someone on a grand piano and a guitar player um, uh, mixed on an SD9 and some nice kit but effectively mixed down into mono into right. zoom not the best platform for a live stream I must say but it, but everyone's so familiar with it now obviously and comfortable with it it is sort of workable <laughs> so we've learned a few things about what's good and what's not but yeah so so a bunch of stuff like that has been pretty interesting and and as i said we've got all these other concepts and designs of people we're working with and everyone's sort of poised ready to produce really big live streamed events mm. but i think everyone's fairly nervous about you know approving large production budgets at the minute um mm. And promoters obviously very nervous about doing anything that might not turn a profit. Yeah, so we've kept ourselves busy. We've got loads of great ideas. We're just um, waiting for those people to get a bit braver with um, yeah with, with live streaming events, really. And another reason we we're kind of quite keen to speak to you two specifically today, especially on like the logistics side, we've been speaking to so many people, and it seems that like in terms of a date people are throwing around it's like march next year is when we might get to some kind of sense of normality and that's maybe when you know a tour of some kind of form could happen but as two people that kind of do kind of put these shows on and are on the kind of the front end of logistics in terms of the government policies you've seen already or just talking to other kind of production managers what what's this going to look like and you know what are going to be the steps that you're going to have to take to kind of put a show on this is a conversation that's happening a lot, obviously. And, and I will say my personal conclusion, the first question will be, can we do reduced capacity shows? Mm-hmm. Of which the answer is almost always no. The, uh, the financial model of concert touring doesn't work. You know, just the same, same argument that all the West End theatres are making. If you can't fill out the theatre, it doesn't work. You know, it's only in that last few percent of ticket sales, that's where your profit is. For everyone so um especially on larger production shows therefore to put on a tour at full capacity and for that to be something that's allowed and that you know people will be allowed in the venue we have to be in a position where we're pretty much back to normal anyway right so yeah it's yeah. not like you know we've had all these discussions about well maybe the crew have to maintain a bubble where they don't interact with everyone else and we've got a doctor on tour and where everyone's getting covid tested before loading and all these other sort of concepts, you know, days off aren't in hotels. They're just, you know, some, I don't know, somewhere where you can't, you know, you maintain this 
tested safe bubble that the crew and the band are in the eight is for us to do all that and then for them to allow full capacity arena shows mm. doesn't really make any sense to me because yeah. surely if that's allowed the r rate must have gone down so low and the pos- and, and and the number of cases must be so low for that to be allowed that surely we can just return to normal mm. yeah, or, or the chances of us getting ill with um, many other infectious diseases or or getting struck by lightning are all just as likely to happen by then. So let's just move on. It's just literally not, this isn't a new normal. Let's go back to normal. Right. Um, So that's, that's really my thought on it that we just have, there has, and really for that to happen, I think there has to be a vaccine or for the infection rate to have gone incredibly low. But I think, I don't know about you, I'm sure looking at all the, uh, I read the vaccine updates and news a lot and, Mm seems pretty positive at the minute that we're going to have a workable vaccine this year i don't know if that sounds too optimistic but i think it it sounds very possible mm-hmm. but certainly in the uk and around europe we can really think that by the first quarter of next year that we could seriously be vaccinated a large amount of people and if that's the case let's just go back to normal and get on with it yeah you know mm. that's that's Great. what i think and i do think that yeah March seems to be it's definitely what I'm you know I'm hearing I'm seeing some tours you know going back on sale there at the minute that obviously the biggest place for touring the most profitable place for touring a place everyone wants to be touring on a large scale currently seems to have the the worst handle on this mm-hmm. so my fear is more that I think we'll be back touring in Europe in the first quarter of next year I really do and I think we'll be touring in a way that feels fairly normal because, as I said, like not, 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 not only do we have to have full venues for the tour to make financial sense, um, and this was another question that came up, like, can, like, can you do without local crew? <laughs> oh, my God. Was that actually a question? I mean, it wasn't really it, a question. I've got it. Was it. A, it was a discussion <laughs> point. You could just work a lot harder. Yeah, that's um, yeah, fine. No, but, sorry, sorry, sorry. It wasn't, it wasn't really sorry. a question. It was more like, <laughs> local crew, let's discuss. Because that is a whole bunch of people you're going to have to, in, strangers that we're going to have to interact with every day. Right. Absolutely. So, the, yeah. So, but obviously, no. Again, well, no, if we don't, don't have any local crew, then, well, the loading's going to take three, four times as long. So mm. that means we're loading in the day before. Okay, yeah. well, that doesn't, that financial model, that goes out the window again. So all, every time you look at changing our old normal into something else, it doesn't make any financial sense because, you know, the margins on concert mm. touring only work in its current format. Yeah. So we cannot go back on tour like we used to with the same set of rules unless, unless we're back to normal. But I do, I am feeling optimistic about being back to normal in the first quarter of next year in Europe. I mean, Canada, I think will be fine. I I was going to say North America, but USA, because Canada is probably in a better place, better better off place than we are at the moment. But Mm. USA Mm. does worry me. So many artists either make most of their money there or want to be touring America. Everyone wants to be being successful in America. At the minute, it seems a bit nuts. And when it does start up again, obviously all those arenas, it's not like arenas here. Those arenas are often owned by sports teams. They're going to prioritize their yeah. games, yeah. Uh, their seasons, that that's all going to shift around. I think it's going to be really, I think touring in the US is going to be really volatile and mad for, for, for a good year or so, Possibly, mm. probably more, probably, probably most of next year. It's going to be really hard to pin down touring in America properly. But I think the rest of the world, I think we're going to, I think we're going to get back to normal 
pretty quickly in the early part of next year. That's what I believe. My thoughts are pretty similar to Andrew's to because like I've been, I've gone through. I think as many of us have so many scenarios, just kind of thinking like, right, how would we do? <laughs> how would I, I, I? Obviously, I've not had much on, so I've been thinking about this sort of stuff. Like, you know, like how would you do a normal gig? Like, how would you start loading in the morning and then do all that? And it's just like, I, I just don't know how 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 possible. I don't, we're going to sound a bit bleak without you know with social distancing in place and all that sort of stuff as you're saying it's it, it's definitely workable and a way to add, adapt but but it's it, it i'm talking more maybe more about the, the putting it on aspect i mean it's more been it, than getting people to actually come and watch and all those things i mean that that's the end end product isn't it so i very similar to andrew i mean it's I don't think it's too viable that vaccine either. No, I mean, we yeah, we can't slow down the loading to allow no. social distancing. Like, you know what? You know, like a we get the venue at you know six seven a.m. Yeah, and usually on a production of the scale that we're looking at, it's just all hands on deck until mm. doors. Yeah, yeah, totally, which is which is absolutely great. Yes. But there's no it's, sort of, yeah. It's not, it's not like we're sort of hanging out after lunch for a few hours. No, I mean, no, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Isn't. But no, it's, and you, you know, sorry, in my slightly garbled way of trying to agree, it's like, yeah, I've, I've spent so much time, say April or something, thinking about the concept of doing a, a European tour, but then go from country to country and different rules and stipulations that might be, I mean, maybe a kind of similar thing to why, um, you know, with local lockdowns at the moment, certain events haven't gone ahead. Like there was the, um, the driving show, the streets, yeah, the oh, yeah, streets, yeah, 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 or yeah. something like, yeah, but but that got that got um, uh, cancelled on the basis of then local lockdowns came in, such as yeah. which which is the, res the responsible thing to do, and it's kind of mm. like, and that's the thing, obviously, and we're all thinking about doing this safely and responsibly, so we can all get back to doing what we love as a job and what people love coming to do and and see, yeah. no, because you know it's it's about entertaining people, and yeah, yeah, yeah no one's going to want to come to a gig where they got a either when they got to stand that sort of far apart and they have to go through all that, you know, people getting checked on the way in. I just don't, Yeah. I, I think we all now know, you know, we were talking about temperature checks and all these kind of things we might have to do, but I mean, I don't think, I think that's been proven to not be a particularly reliable way of knowing if someone's mm -hmm. got COVID yeah. or not anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I do think, I'm not saying that we're just going to like plow into a normal load in either in, in, in March and April. Yeah. I still think we're going to, I can still see people see us having to wear face masks. I can still oh, see totally, there being yeah. extra checks. I can still see us having a medic on the tour um, and us having to have a genuine plan for if someone comes down with this, how do we then uh, isolate that person? How you know do we have to isolate uh, all the people on their bus? Or you know how how's that mm. going to work? Because that that's the other thing is yeah if we get going but someone does get it who uh, who wasn't vaccinated for some reason and um you know how, how do we deal with the fallout of that that we can't just have entire we can have the entire lighting department put into two-week isolation yeah right during a loading that's not going to work for for people's comfort uh we're going to want to try and keep people away from the general public as much as possible so even mm -hmm. if we're all vaccinated and even if the shows are allowed with full capacity i still think we're going to want to keep people out of out of public spaces as much as possible for the general protection of everybody. We've been discussing having no front of house at all. So okay. uh, so audio and lighting 
and video control would all be in uh, effectively what would look a bit like a broadcast truck. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. Um, and uh, all cameras would be, you know, robo cams of some kind that are in the space. And, you know, and then you've one audio guy, you know, with a with his wireless tablet or whatever, wandering around in, you know, some some sort of protection mm. and, a, and a, an A lighting person. So some other, someone else in the room to keep an eye on the rig, you know, like really just having two people in the public space and nothing else. So I think that I can really see that happening. I actually discussed that yeah. with some of the Shaw Mendes team and um, mm -hmm. Tom, our front house engineer, thought it was a brilliant idea. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really did. It was like, great. I can just sit in front of some lovely studio monitors in a really nice... <laughs> Air-conditioned space. This sounds fantastic. He was really into it, actually. Yeah, and actually, I've spoken to a couple of people who are actually thinking about doing that kind of thing anyway. You know, um, I know my uh, good friend of mine, Duncan Snake, who does uh, Harry Styles, is, oh, yeah. is already discussing being out of the space anyway. Uh, wow! As he's, um, you know, not not just so he can hear better, but just for you know general hearing protection of his of himself and, and sure. And so on. So I, th I think we'll start. Maybe that'll be a thing that I can really see that happening. And also, brilliant sell to the promoter as well. I mean, that is awesome. Oh, floor space. Oh, just love it. Right. I really love the idea. So yeah, yeah. maybe this will be this, the beginning of the end of front of house. Um, um, that kind of leads us on to one of we kind of got put this out on social media and we got a few questions. But Viviana SFT on Instagram asked, um, you know, when live events do kind of eventually return, do you think it's going to be more complicated when it comes to creating a safe space for people to watch their favourite artists and bands? I don't, I honestly don't, I don't think if touring goes back to normal that it will feel that much different. Mm -hmm. I think you will, getting into the venue, now post um, the bombing in Manchester, obviously that changed yeah. significantly the time it took to get into the venue that really was the kickoff of everyone getting going through some sort of metal detector so that's you know that really changed how quickly you can get people into a venue so that changed the end experience for the um for the concert goer i think there'll be another layer of that mm -hmm. um maybe you've got a vaccine card to check maybe there's maybe at some point there's an instant test possibility sure. um then yeah. maybe there'll be something that you'll have to do to get in. So I feel like by the time that crowd enters the venue, they will feel slightly violated by the time they get in. All the control trying to get in. Kind of yeah, thing. so I, th I think yeah. like it'll be like, I'm actually at my seat. That was a real mission. I think mm. that will feel really different. But I think once you're inside the space, as I said, I, I think it'll it sort of has to be business as usual at that point. And I think, um, mm. actually, me and Duncan were talking about this earlier on. We, uh, we've been chatting to a couple of health professionals and, and a couple of doctors and um, just for some, uh, in, trying to get some insider info. And uh, a brilliant way to transmit COVID is to sing at each other. So that's a bit of a problem. I can generally feel like someone yeah. saying no singing. I, I mean, don't you, I mean, yeah. I can, just, <laughs> I, can, I can see that being discussed. Can we ask the audience not to sing? the excitement and wonder of a fan who's coming to see a gig, you know, like maybe a young fan, especially is like, right now, watch this. You look <laughs> like you're enjoying it. Yeah. But you know. You can't sing. You can look like yeah. you can't make any noise. Tom Mendes on the stage doing his best sort of Joe Frost super nanny impression, kneeling down with the audience and saying, please don't sing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like naughty corner or something. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I guess you know what. You, there's all the you know won't be able to invite the audience to sing with you. 
That, yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's, that's a real thing. thing. That's a real thing for him too. Like he, uh, yeah, and for and for a lot of singers, like not only do they like to get the audience to sing back at them, uh, I think sometimes it's perhaps an excuse to take a bit of a break in the middle oh, of the yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, got an Iron Maiden concert could be. The time of it could be maybe cut in by cut down by three quarters if yeah, Bruce Dickinson's not asking yeah, the crowd to sing or, all of it. Be very scream scary. with me uh, or not? <laughs> fear of the silence rather than fear of the dark. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. I, you know, I hadn't even thought about it. it must, that. That'll be a wholly surreal experience. Yeah, I do, I do think that. What, how in whatever form it takes, that first show that we do in a in a, yeah. in a full arena is going to be. A strange experience, I'm sure. Mm. From like an industry standpoint, and as an insiders and stuff, do you think there's going to be too much demand for the industry to deal with when artists just want to go out there when it's safe again, and there's going to be enough supplies for everyone? Well, yeah, it's going to be hectic. The Hanson talk about this actually, and I think um, obviously at the minute every supplier's warehouse is full to the brim with kids, mm. um, and every roadie's sitting at home twiddling his thumbs. But as we all know from uh, there's one right there, look. and um, yeah, right. as we all as we all know, especially during the sort of busy festival season, I, I know this from trying to you know when you're trying to crew multiple shows through the summer, you just feel like there's not enough people you know, yeah. to cover yeah. all the gigs at once. You know that's a, it's always it's usually that's actually quite a nice break from that this summer actually sort of scrabbling around to find enough people to do do every show that you've got on, but. Um, mm. The worry is that, yeah, we'll be so many tours out at once, you know, looking at the, you know, the theatres and arenas have just got a show on seven days a week from March onwards. Where are we going to find all this kit and people to put these shows sure. on? Yeah. You know, and there's always, there's, I've all, we've always, there's always a, a little collection of people on tour and you feel like, and often they'll be talking like this, that, that they're like, Man, maybe this is the last one I'm going to go and, I don't know. Yeah. Buy, buy a farm or I don't know, make cheese, whatever. Like someone's gonna like move on. Like someone, everyone's got their everyone's got their sort of escape plan from touring. You know, it's uh, in the back of their head somewhere. None of us think we're gonna tour forever. Mm. You know, we've yeah. all got a sort of backup plan. Or maybe we'll go and maybe I'll go to this. Anyway, what my point be, point being is maybe during this time, those people who are thinking they're gonna knock it on the head and do something else have done that. Sure. Mm. Gone. Yeah. All right maybe this is a sign I'm going to go and do that other thing I always talked about doing. And maybe that other thing I talked about doing has turned out to be quite successful. We can all think of loads of little industries that have popped up during lockdown that have been really successful. For mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll find that not only do we not have all, do we not have enough people to cover all the gigs that all the people that were working this time last year mm-hmm. aren't available to work anymore. So I do think it's a worry. I do think we're going to be, there's going to be a period next year where everyone is going to be, their phone is just going to be off the hook with, with works of, uh, offers of work and then, and, and suppliers are going to just not have enough kit to do every gig. Mm. And then you'll look in a position where it's not so bad for the freelance roadie. Fine. You're going to have loads of work. That's kind of the headline there. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's, a, that's good news. But for the suppliers, they're all going to be desperate to get kit out on the road. Mm-hmm. They've been either paying, you know, paying off, paying their leases for on kit, and you know, money's just hemorrhaging out the door. They're desperate yeah, to get yeah. this kit on the road. Great, all my kits now go on the road, but I could service all these other tours, and then the pressure to buy more kit and extend oh. credit. And 
oh, it's going to be really tricky. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 that's why I'm sort of slightly hoping that people are just going to think, do you know what? Let's keep, let's keep the size of productions next year sensible. Yeah. Mm. All right. That's certainly discussions that we're having. Um, and that's coming from all sorts of positions, not just about, um, you know, the scale of show for, um, for, for the look of it, but just, you know, concerns of ticket pricing and, and obviously there's going to be a fairly significant um, downturn in, in people's finances and size of the yeah. next year. So mm. like ticket prices are probably going to stay as they are or might even drop for certain artists. You know, I think personally think going out with absurdly large productions is probably not what we're going to see people doing next year either. No. I think it'd be sensible as an industry for us to, you know, not put too much pressure on suppliers for the newest, greatest, brand new kit. You know, let's yeah. use what stock people have got. Let's not, you know, put that pressure on people to overextend themselves in buying loads of new stuff. You know, people have got, especially in, you know, the lighting and video world, where, you know, technology is always, everyone's pushing and pushing and pushing. Mm. Yeah, that's what I would encourage people to do. Just let's see what people have got in yeah. stock and let's use it and let's rent it and yeah. let's keep these companies going. Do you think around, because that was always maybe one thing that might be even a bit of a separation when you're talking about maybe even management and then the design and the actual production process. But have you found through this time, it's been a, you're maybe talking a bit more and they'd be more susceptible to that kind of suggestion being like, look, this is the state of the world right now. We do need to go for a small scale back world tour. Or, or a tour of any kind of scent, you know. Right. And I imagine that most of our, you know, design creative teams are going to be very understanding of this situation. I'm more concerned about management, understanding that we need to perhaps not aim so high and simplify. But to be mm -hmm. honest with you, this has been such a shake-up for everyone. It's been such a reality check. Yeah. Um, people's focus to me and and from management side I've spoken to, people's focus is about keeping everybody safe, yeah. getting the industry back up and rolling again, getting people back into venues to enjoy concerts and getting live music, you know, back up and started in a way that's workable and safe for everybody. So uh, for, for me, my main income when it comes to uh, source of revenue, the job, whatever, that's what they call it. That's what these people call it. It's been so long I had one, got no idea. No, no. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just through actual touring and being on the road. And, you know, I don't, from the way I've progressed, that's just me at the moment, which is great. And that's what I really enjoyed because I, you know, I kind of, at time, when I'm at home, I'm at home, which is very, which is, hasn't been much over the last few years, but that's, that's fine. And then, you know, I can really focus on things on the road. And yeah, it, it's, it's still so surreal to think it's not been able to do this and it still might be a very long way off. Yeah, it's a, long, yeah. it's a long time to expect people who generate their income in this fashion to take off. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the bills. So you know, loads of people, loads of you know, great, highly skilled touring professionals who right now are I don't know delivering groceries for Tesco's or absolutely, uh, you know, yeah. working uh, for Amazon. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, and and those are all, you know totally fine jobs but these are you know totally, highly yeah. technical highly skilled people who are just like right yeah. i've got no work for the foreseeable yeah. future so i need to just do anything to keep keep some money in the bank um 
So, yeah, it's been a real sort of ego reset, I would imagine, for a lot of mm. us to realise that, um, yeah, this industry uh, that we do so well out of is being hit as hard as anything else. Mm. And there is no yeah. there is no current sort of roadmap back to us getting on tour. Yeah. And that is pretty terrifying, really. And in terms yeah. of, forgive me for asking if it's too personal kind of thing, but how have you been kind of weathering that economic storm for yourself, Duncan? Have you looked for other work or are you just kind of, you got much support from the government or is it a different? Well, you know, um, I'll be honest, I've been so grateful. And uh, from last year, we were incredibly busy. So that, and I did, I did have a bit of time this, you know, set aside this year to have, a, as Andrew was saying earlier, a bit more of a relaxed touring period before we kind of get back into more craziness with Shawn Mendes and that sort of stuff. So that was on my radar obviously quite relaxed compared to what I was hoping but um but yeah it, I, I've, I've been quite fortunate I've actually I, I did um I did qualify on Q very complicated word qualify for um, the SEISS grant from the from the government which was uh which was a, a surprise but also very welcome uh but I know there's so many so many people who mm-hmm. didn't fit into these things and and and, but- and yeah yeah, and I, yeah, I kind I of feel of who, um, who sort of back in the day when it was really a good idea to be a limited company and to yeah. um, be VAT registered and all that stuff. I mean, mm. I, I I did that, I don't know, a good 10, 15 years ago because it's it had some advantages in doing that then and that seems sensible and I've stayed that way. But for me, it did mean like a lot of us, I fall into a gap where... Absolutely. There, there is... There is not really any benefit for for us limited company owners who, you know, might pay ourselves um, a small wage and take most of our money as dividends, which is uh, a totally fine way to run your company. Um, but there's no support for that. So loads of people in my situation who who have been able to get almost no government support, or if they do furlough mm-hmm. themselves, the um, the income has been have been very small. So yeah, it's been really tricky. As I said, I've been ridiculously fortunate this year and feel very blessed that I have been able to continue working and that um, 24 seven productions has supported me through this uh, and kept me busy as, uh, uh, you know, as one of the sort of original mem- members of that company. So we, we all feel very fortunate, um, you know, and John's been amazing actually. So, so no, I've got nothing to complain about, but, yeah, there's a lot of people in our industry who have struck who, the way they structure their companies and their personal finances has left them with almost no support. Mm. Yeah, which is, uh, I mean, yeah, it's another another difficult thing to kind of get your head around. And and I'm, yeah, yeah, is it? Is it's it kind of kind of makes worry me about people terrible. getting through to mm-hmm. getting through to March next year or whenever it is. You know, that's, yeah, you know, yeah. most of us might, you know. I remember times in my mid twenties or whatever when I didn't have as many responsibilities and um, and and, and um, I don't know. It was probably a bit daft with money back then. And like you know, I probably I certainly would never have more than I don't know, a couple of months in the bag or whatever. And you just sort of go, you know, I mean, I just can't imagine where what situation I'd be in right there now. Oh, you know, man. You know yeah, and I know loads of people in our industry who are, aren't living. I don't have six months spare money sitting in the bank you know? and yeah. so it's, it's not fair and um no totally it's a, and, a scary time 
you know, I've, uh, there's, it sees how the effect that I'll have on people's mental health when it comes to this, obviously just being, you know, just, I suppose it's creative. It's kind of cause we are. Well. Yeah. Yeah. You need yeah. something to keep yourself occupied and you want something to sort of drive that. And if there's nothing yeah. there, then. Yeah. No, totally. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, definitely, as I said, it's a, as a community, the touring world, um, does prop itself up and support its own and and looks after each other well um, and to suddenly find yourself at home um, isolated from all of that for such an extended period of time is very difficult for some people I'm sure and have you like as yeah. has the like the the Mendes like because I've heard of like certain kind of like core kind of um, touring groups that have actually been in contact quite a lot and you know they've been doing the whole you know zoom calls just as much as you've been doing the family has that been a good support the whole way through the um, I mean, there's crew. There's been a, there's been. We have a WhatsApp group that has a bit of chatter mm. on it, and so on. And um, yeah, done a few, few calls with a few different people um, across the Mendes camp. And um, actually, we and Duncan have done a, a few regular Zoom calls for a few weeks from a bunch of people that used to work on the Wanted. Actually, that we, oh, really? we as a team, have kind of have kept quite close. So we've done, we did yeah, get that, which was quite fun actually to see get that that little crowd of people together for the first time you know virtually face to face for a long time so there's yeah there's been a bit of that I, i'm sure um like me it's at the beginning of lockdown it seemed every you know there was a a quiz and a family oh, hangout like, quiz. That, was, that really was <laughs> many quizzes Oof. i didn't i didn't do anywhere near as many as you've done duncan i think oh man i mean okay <laughs> here's the hot take I mean, on quizzes <laughs> Ian, uh, so i love a quiz it's been one of the great things of um, this period. Um, I've been able to, you know, really focus in on some actual real quiz shows that, you know, been like, there's been just an incredible glow. It's been like, like watching challenge TV, or I've not actually done that because there's been so many. It's just been incredible. But doing an actual quiz, oh, man. I, the problem is, me and, me and my partner, Jen, we, we're so good at them. Uh, with our r- relative families, yeah, we're pretty. Yeah, we're, I'm, right, yeah, I'm going to yeah. sugarcoat this. I'm not going to be modest. You know, we won pretty much oh, most of the time. Yeah. Oh, there's this. You know, there's not many things I can validly gloat about. But we were great at the quiz. But it's just like, oh my god, you're bored of winning. This is now a chore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like this. The, the fun of the quiz to me has really been. Well, yes, indeed. So, so yeah. So, I think I don't know about anyone else. I'm sure I think you're the same as then, Duncan. That sort of the, the, Sorry, the Zoom yeah. community hangout vibes has definitely tailed off massively. In my world. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like it's like we've all just moved on from that. It was like those, um, you know, artists performing from their homes. You know, sort of crappy Instagram posts or whatever. That was sort of cool. For a minute. It was yeah, like, yeah. these are just a bit rubbish. So let's let's not do any more of those. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, absolutely. So I think that's been, that's been, I do, yeah, I do like it's been, um, I hope it's been a good reality check for artists to try to produce performances from home for themselves <laughs> and realise that uh, they sort of need uh, people around them to make this stuff like sound good and look good. And that's what we're all here yeah. for. So yeah. maybe that's been another, another positive of this. No, absolutely. Um, I think that was covering most of the bits, to be honest, if that's right. I'd just like to say thanks very much for stopping in. And it's, it's always good to kind of like get a, a side of, you know, get the opinions of people that have been out the road and, you know, 
because you see so much, don't you, in terms of the regulations coming from the government and uh, but it's it's always good to get the kind of input from you guys itself to actually how you think. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, we're certainly not the oracle of information, but, um, you know, oh, no. I don't know is, but um, anyway, <laughs> all I know is that we'll, we have to get back to normal at some point. Yeah. It will happen. I'm yeah. pretty confident of it. Right. Uh, well, definitely. nice one. Andrew Thank Duncan, you. thanks so much for your time. Absolute thanks, pleasure. guys. Cheers. Thanks. See you later. Thanks very much. Bye.